Have you recently felt restless, easily fatigued, mind going blank, or trouble concentrating? What about irritable or any muscle tension? How about having a difficult time controlling your feelings of worry? Don't worry, you're not alone. Hi, I'm Kayla Mason, and today's installment of Behind the Skin, we're talking about anxiety and why this is a serious topic. So, that little checklist I gave you at the beginning, those are symptoms of anxiety. But what is anxiety? Well, it's simply your body's natural response to stress. It's a feeling of fear or apprehension about what's to come. For example, the first day of school or giving a speech. But for people with anxiety disorders, those feelings don't go away or they happen way too frequently. And they are intense and excessive and persistent for everyday situations. They can cause significant problems in areas of their life, such as work or school. This mental health disorder is much more common than you think. A study by National Alliance on Mental Illness was done in 2017 had estimated that 40 million people around the world suffer from, from this disorder. And since COVID, another study was done by the Queensland Center for Mental Health Research that has said that anxiety has increased by at least 25%. This means that for every 100,000 people, there will be 4,802 cases of anxiety. Mental health has hit such a dramatic increase over these past crazy years with COVID that there's 44.5 million increases in anxiety disorder, which is why I'll be talking about it today. Anxiety is in some nervous little energy balls or butterflies in your stomach. This is a disorder that should be talked about and taken seriously, even when it's not. There's a stigma and generalization that surrounds it, almost circling it like a vulture. Anxiety is seen as simple, when reality is that it isn't, it's complicated, and there's many types to it. There are around 12 types of anxiety disorders, which are categorized under three sections under the DSM-5, to keep it simple and easy, the most common five are generalized anxiety, OCD, PTSD, social anxiety, or phobia, and panic disorders. All of these have their own unique features that can also be common signs of just being nervous. And this is why people tend to confuse them, and this is what forms a stigma or generalization. You may be asking, but what is a stigma? What can people say about this, this disorder? Well, people call this this disorder fake and a weakness and something that can be easily snapped out of. Now, I'm not saying as bad as other disorders. People aren't getting told they're crazy or should be locked up. But the stigma is still just as bad here because it's stopping people from reaching out to get the help that they need. They, they just become labeled as shy while reality is or having these intense anxiety attacks in the school bathroom because they had to walk inside a classroom or ask a question. So you may be asking yourself now, how do I know if I'm just being nervous or if I have anxiety? There's actually a very simple way to tell, which is just looking for the differences between them. Being nervous is triggered by certain events, which means that it will go away once it's done and can be beneficial to your situation. For example, you can be nervous about a project coming up or a test, so you study extra harder, and once it's over, you no longer have that nervous feeling. That is just nerves. Anxiety, it would not go away right away. Because anxiety 
is different. It's chronic and it's always going to be there. It's staying with you. It's irrational, which means it could be triggered by anything. It's this suffocating feeling of dread and panic that prevents you from focusing and getting things done. They have similar physical symptoms like dizziness, sweating, headaches, (laughs) but look at it from the inside. They are widely different. It took me a long time to learn the difference between these, so don't feel bad if you still can't tell or don't really know. It's fine. I have suffered from anxiety ever since I was a kid, specifically social anxiety, and it took me forever to get diagnosed because I didn't really know. But when I was a kid, I was showing symptoms insanely, but I didn't know what was happening, so I said nothing. I never reached out, so people just believed I was shy and thought nothing much of me missing every Monday of school in grades 6 and 7 because I felt sick. I kind of only realized that I wasn't just being nervous all the time when I couldn't turn left out of a classroom. (laughs) But this developing of anxiety symptoms at such a young age sounds weird, but it's actually not that abnormal. I mean, 7% of children at the age 3 to 17 experience anxiety issues and symptoms and will develop these symptoms before they turn 21. Need help quickly? Join BetterHelp Online, a online portal that allows you weekly online therapy sessions and counseling. Look for a brighter future. I truly believe that one of the reasons why I never just like thought I could have anxiety until last year (laughs) was because of the generalization and the stigmas that surround it. I mean, The generalization around anxiety is that you're just shy. It's fake. But you can't have that around a complicated disorder like this because it's so common symptoms of other things. And this disorder can lead to other disorders like depression. You, You just can't have that. And then the stigmas really don't help because there's actually three types of stigmas that surround every mental health disorder. There's public stigmas, self-stigmas, and institutional stigmas. Institutional and public stigmas are pretty similar, just uh, institutional ones are more systematic, where they involve policies or uh, private organizations that intentionally or even unintentionally limit opportunities for people with mental illness. This just basically means lower funding for people with mental illness, Or you just get treated differently because you have it. And a public stigma just involves that negative or discriminatory attitude that people have about mental illness. And those two things really play into self-stigma because it refers to the negative attitudes that we hear. It's internalized shame. And I think I may have had a lot of that, which made it hard to kind of come to terms because I kind of was hearing how anxiety is fake it's just being nervous so in my head I was saying oh no like no I don't have it I'm just nervous and that is why we can't have this generalization or stigma around it because we if you have a generalization it creates stigma 
and that will follow you everywhere. And the public and institutionals will feed into your own self-stigma. And that really just is bad repeating and it tends to make them worse in your head. It's incredibly harmful and dangerous. Like for example, people can, you will hear outside that you are being told you are dangerous. So you will tell yourself that you are dangerous. You cannot be near anyone. You, that's so dangerous for, for somebody's mental health. You can't do that. A study was done by the American Psychiatric Association in 2016 about stigma, which resulted in the quote, there is no country, society, or culture where people with mental illness have the same societal value as people without mental illness. This quote is one of the main reasons why I believe this topic is so important to talk about. People with mental illness shouldn't be afraid they are worth less in their society just because of something they can't control. All mental illness is something that shouldn't be seen as bad. It still needs to be viewed in a mature way to be taken seriously, but if we don't change our views, I fear for our future. Mental illness are one of the top reasons for suicide, and we hear about it every day. Stigmas cause this because it makes people afraid to reach out, and a study shows that 70% of suicides were connected to anxiety disorders. This is a worldwide and self-issue where we need to evaluate not only our personal biases, but the world's. This isn't just about mental health but suicide prevention. By breaking stigmas and generalization, we raise awareness and will hopefully fix this issue where people will feel safe reaching out. Thank you. Tune in to our next episode for a continuing conversation on this topic, getting a deeper look into how COVID-19 has, has impacted our mental health. Joined by mental health activist Haley Haldcastle.